good time in the Lord's house today. Uh, we're here to worship the Lord and uh, fellowship and just just enjoy the blessings of God. So um, if you will, take your hymnals or look at the words on the screen and let's stand and sing together, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing and sing all four verses. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing by great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master and my God assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that calms my fears, that bids my sorrow cease. Tis music in the sinner's ear, tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoners free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. All right, turn then to hymn number 139. Let there be glory and honor and praise. Let there be glory and honor and praise glory and honor to Jesus glory and honor glory and honor to him let there be glory let there be glory honor and praises, glory and honor to Jesus, glory and honor, glory and honor to Him. Amen. This is the Lord's day. So let all glory be given to him. You can be seated, Pastor. Welcome to South Clinton Baptist Church. We're glad you're here today and uh, trust that God has a purpose and a plan for you being here today. I want to invite you, if you're visiting with us, to tear off the slip that's attached to your bulletin and fill it out and drop in the offering plate later when it comes by so we'll have a record of your visit. also, I've been asked to mention uh, the trunk or treat. Um, we, w- many kids come through there, and the adults hear it as well, and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ as we have our trunk or treat each year. Uh, it's a great evangelistic outreach, and um, I'm excited about it and uh, what the Lord's going to do. Uh, they, they need candy. and they need some people to uh, come help like bring set up tables and, and uh, haul food up and all of that uh, about 3.30 p.m. And also, if you're going to have a trunk, they're asking you to be there at 4.30 so you can be all set up and ready to go uh, by the time it starts. And so it, the uh, trunk retreat itself will start at 5 and end at 7 
Saturday, November the 1st. So uh, uh, be in prayer about that and then put that on your calendar. Uh, Sherry, you have anything you need to share? That'd be great. All right. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday is Daylight Savings Time. So set your clocks back an hour. And um, also, uh, Everyday Evangelism uh, is tomorrow night. It's our last uh, session at 630. Uh, tonight, our last session of Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith is at 515. Um, also, uh, I want to call your attention to a thank you note at the bottom of your the back side of your bulletin. Uh, from uh, the uh, the Nell Hall Weatherford family, so uh, that that real sweet thank you note there, and um, being women of God, uh, the uh, SBC SCBC, uh, say that seven times real fast, see if you can do it. Uh, ladies brunch is coming up Saturday, November the fifteenth, two thousand fourteen, from nine to twelve. The guest speaker will be Nancy Daniels and special music by Tessa. Um, and you can, uh, you can purchase uh, Christmas gifts at the vendor tables. And there are door prizes and guests are welcome as well. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, staff appreciation dinner coming up Sunday, November 9th. Meatloaf and fried chicken. Can I hear an amen? Uh, all right. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, then... Uh, your life on mission book, they've got a Let's pray. Father, I just want to praise you because you are good and you are holy and you are righteous. And there is no God like you. I thank you for my Savior, for the work that he did and the work that he is still doing today. And Father, I pray that you would speak through your word to your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. From time to time I watch a show called Shark Tank. Some of you may have seen that show. And uh, there are several businessmen and women... Uh, who allow people to come in and try to pitch their business and, and try to get them to finance either the uh, improvement or maybe this, the salvation of their business, whatever it may be. But they try to sell them on the idea and get them to come on board. And the idea is usually these quote-quote sharks are uh, people that can help them to, to do better in their business. Well, they're limited in what they can do, but I'm going to tell you something. Our God is not limited in what he can do. And he is able to provide the perfect help that we need to do the things that he has called us to do. And uh, I believe each of us as, as his people need to come to him for the strength and the grace that we need to do his work and his will. 
Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's had this theme of grace, 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 grace. And, and we get to chapter 4, and the grace in chapter 4 is the power to do the will of God. And so he begins to describe some things about how God will use us to do his work, some things that are necessary, um, and he talks about God's plan for you and me uh, to fulfill his work as a church. And so uh, I want to uh, just encourage each of us today to invite Christ to do through us individually what he wants to do and through our church to do what he wants to do by his grace. Uh, the title of my message is Living by Grace. Uh, look with me at verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness and patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit, with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the Messiah's gift. For he says, when he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity and gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be children, tossed about by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him... The whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Therefore I say this in testifying the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with the desire for more and more. But that is not how you learned about the Messiah, assuming you heard about him and were taught about him because the truth is in Jesus. You took off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, you are being renewed in the spirit of your minds. You put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. 
Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Spirit. You are sealed by Him for the day of redemption. All bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Now, he is speaking to to believers here. Um, People who know Christ people who, who have surrendered their heart to him and put their trust in him, receiving the gift of salvation and eternal life. You see, uh, these are blessings that God wants to bring about in the lives of believers. But if you're not a believer here today, can I tell you that Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin on Calvary's cross? He took it all upon himself, every sin, past, present, future, put it upon himself, And suffered the just penalty of a holy God. Took the wrath of God for your sin and for mine upon himself. And the Bible says, he said these words, it is finished. Uh, The price was paid in full for your sin and for mine. And then three days later, he arose from the dead. And the Bible says we have to receive this gift of salvation in faith. That is simple trust in Christ to, to give us that gift of eternal life and to choose to surrender our life to him. That is God's plan of salvation. And you can become a part of the church. The church is not the building. The church is the people of God who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you can become a living part of the church of Jesus Christ and be a part of his great work. What a what an exciting thing. But Christian person who's already trusted Christ, let me, let me tell you that you have awesome potential to do the work of Christ. I love the scripture where it says, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. You see, it's a quotation of an Old Testament psalm that spoke of God, Yahweh, as the victorious warrior who goes up in victory to heaven Receiving the spoils so that he can distribute the spoils. You see, uh, whenever a king in those days would go to battle, they would win spoils. And what he would do, once he had won the spoils, he would divide the spoils out among the people. That's what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. He not only took care of our sin, but he rose from the dead and he didn't stop there. He ascended higher than the heavens themselves. He, he is so great. And the Bible says that he has received the plunder. What is the plunder? Well, he's got absolute, total victory over Satan and his demons. He put them on public display, Colossians says, when he triumphed over them in the cross. Uh, he also has enabled us to have a relationship with God. That's part of the spoils. He's also enabled us to be a part of God's work. That's part of the spoils, the, the power to do God's work. And he distributes those things. He ascended uh, so that after having descended, uh, he ascended so that he could give us these great blessings, these great spoils of his great work on the cross.
Um, the scripture says that you and I are benefits so that he can fulfill all that we need to do his work. So, uh, living by grace, what are the things God wants to empower you to do? Well, the first thing is he wants to empower you to pursue unity. Pursue unity. In verse 3, he says, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. Let me, let me focus on one word there, the Spirit. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is the one that brings unity? How is it that the church of God can be made up of so many different kinds of people, from so many different kinds of backgrounds, different uh, incomes, uh, different levels of intellect, different levels of, of finances and all of that, God takes us from different colors, all these things. How is it that God can take us from all these different backgrounds and make us one? Can I tell you, that is a supernatural work of God. It's not something that comes naturally. But if you're a child of God, you have within you the ability to pursue that kind of unity. Somebody once said that a piano... uh, tuned to one instrument, if that instrument's taken and then several other pianos are tuned by that same instrument, uh, will all be in unity with one another when you play those pianos together. You see, unity is not about getting your way. Now, I know that probably sounds funny, but I've actually had people tell me before, well, preacher, this is what I want to do, and the Bible says we're supposed to be unified, so you need to do what I want you to do. That's not biblical unity, okay? Biblical unity is when God's people seek Him. When God's people take their plans to Him and they surrender themselves to His purpose. And when all of us surrender ourselves to His purpose and fulfill the role that God has created us to fulfill, guess what? We'll all be working in perfect unity. It's a spiritual thing. We need to pray for unity. I think that's part of pursuing unity. Uh, If we see things, maybe we think there's going to be a problem. We need to pray about it. Did you know, if, if you see something brewing in the church, God didn't let you know about that so that you could gossip about it. God let you know about that so that you could pray about it. You see, we are in a spiritual battle, and we have an enemy that wants to destroy us. So we need to pursue unity according to the Holy Spirit, according to His plan and His way and His work. Um, Look at how we pursue unity. I think this is informative because uh, he he tells us about the character qualities we need to pursue unity. Look at verse 2. With humility, guess what? That means I have the humility to say, okay, I'm willing to listen to somebody else. I'm willing to listen to God. I'm willing to set aside my agenda for God's agenda. So, humility, gentleness. Well, I pride myself in speaking my mind. Usually, that accompanies a a harsh or unkind word about someone else. Gentleness doesn't necessarily not tell the truth, okay? 
because the Bible says that Jesus is the truth, and he spoke the truth. Uh, but gentleness means that I am kind with other people. I, I think about uh, Jesus with the, with the woman caught in adultery. The Bible says that he stooped down. And you know the story. He was riding in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote, but uh, some have guessed that maybe he was riding the sins of the people around who were trying to stone her. Uh, but uh, one by one, all of them go away. And Jesus, she's brought in the act, so, you know, probably doesn't have a stitch on. Jesus bows down, and he, you know, and, and doesn't make her feel uncomfortable. And, and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. And he says, then neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. That's gentleness. He didn't excuse her sin, but he approached her in a gentle way. As God's people, we need to be gentle. The Bible says we're to have our, our conversation be grace sprinkled with salt. So um, patience is another one. That means it takes a long time for us to get angry. That's literally what the word means. Do you have a hair-trigger temper? If so, you won't be very good at pursuing unity. You need to ask God to give you patience. There have been times when I have been so angry I wanted to punch somebody in the nose. Okay? I, this is where I was. I remember, and, and now I'm going to really shock you. And it was in church. Okay? Now, what did I do with that? I was praying. I was saying, God, here's where I am. Keep me from messing up my ministry and my influence in this church. It wasn't, it wasn't here, by the way, in case you're wondering. Okay? It was another church. But... Uh, keep me from messing up my influence and messing, you know, keep me from damaging my work here by doing something that I would regret. And so I'm praying this constantly. And then finally the meeting's over. I'm like, praise God. <laughs> I got out of there and I went home and vented to my poor wife. And she, you know, and, and God brought me through it and, and got my attitude straight and all of that. But, but there are those times in order to pursue unity, that you're going to need the supernatural power of God. You won't be able to do it in your own strength. And so you take that thing to God and you say, Lord, here's where I'm at. Give me your grace. Give me your power so that I can pursue this unity in the way that I should. So the first thing God wants us to, to do and he wants to accomplish through us is to pursue unity. The second thing is he wants us to use our gift. Use your gift. Look at verse 7. Now grace was given, the power to do God's will, was given to each one of us. If you're a child of God, each one means you. Okay? Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ or the Messiah's gift. Okay? Um, now, God has given you a gift to use for him. Every child of God has at least one gift to use. And God has given us that gift in accordance with the measure of Christ's gift. Now, why does he talk about the ascending and the descending and all of that? It's to show just how great what Christ has, the things that Christ has done so that we could have all the power that we need. We, we don't serve a king who is on a limited budget of power, okay? He has all 
power. He has completely defeated the evil one. He has completely made it possible for you and I to have a relationship with God. He has completely made it possible for you to have every bit of power that you need to serve him. Every bit. It's according to the measure of Christ's gift. When God calls you to do something, he empowers you to do it. And, and, and I believe we, we take that to God in prayer, too. Um, so the first thing you do would be to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Now, it may be words of encouragement that you share with someone else. It might be showing mercy to somebody that's in need. It, it might be giving something. It might be serving. It, it might be um, administration or something like that. But whatever it is that God leads you to do, God will supply the strength and the power that you need to do it. Every gift in the church is important. Now, he's talking about the body, right? The church is the body of Christ. He says Christ is the head. Now, uh, the head gives the commands to the body, right? So, my hand, if my head tells it to grab this microphone, it will do it, right? Uh, it's responsive to the head. So what I do is I say, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? And as God prompts me through his Holy Spirit, I respond to what he's asking me to do. Now, there may be other things that I do, other ways that I serve, but I especially need to be sensitive to the Lord and what he leads me to do because chances are what he's led me to do is what he's gifted me to do. Uh, Usually, you will have a, a joy and an enjoyment in doing the gift that you have. Uh, you know, um, some of you have the gift of service. You just love to serve other people. I don't have that gift. Now, I, I do serve other people, but, but that's not what I delight in. That's not how God has wired me. Uh, each gift usually will have the enjoyment of doing it. Now, one of the ironic things is sometimes God will gift you to do something you thought you would never do or you would never even want to do. I'm a pastor today. I didn't want to be a pastor growing up. My daddy was a pastor. I said, I used to say, they used to ask me in high school, uh, are you going to be a preacher like your daddy when you grow up? And I'd say, no way. Not going to do it. But through a series of circumstances, God began to change my heart. And he showed me I was a minister of music and youth and as I prepared things for the youth, I began to find I just had a love for God's Word. I love to prepare lessons for my youth. And God just, and the pastor said, hey, here's some stuff in my library. Take it and read it. You, you know. And uh, I just began to find I had a love for it. And God just showed me a new thing in my life that he wanted me to do. God may use you in one season of your life one way, and then when you get to a different season of your life, he may lead you in a different direction, and that's okay. But you need to use your gift. Whatever it is that God has given you to do, you need to do it. Um, Some of you, it will be action. Some of you, it will be words. But whatever it is, you need to respond to God and fulfill that. Um, God's design is for 